Hola amigos, les saludamos en el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Porque Jesús es resucitado, tenemos esperanza. Hi friends, we greet you in the name of Jesus. And because Jesus is alive, we have hope. We want to say hi to all of you across our heritage family, including those of you joining us from the Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center. We are so excited to celebrate this Mother's Day with you. Now, all at once, Mother's Day is wonderful, it's exciting, it's good, but it's also challenging in this season. It's a strange time to be trying to celebrate our mothers when all they really want is probably some space but we can't quite give that to them. We also know that for some of us, Mom's Day is challenging because of our own journeys, because it's a day where we remember loss we've experienced or we're just keenly aware of people who aren't with us. And so we wanna create space today to celebrate all of those women who have influence in our lives, whether they're our biological moms, they've influenced us spiritually, they've helped us to see some of the way of Jesus, or they've just had a profound impact on us. And for those of you moms who are watching, we want you to know we see you. We appreciate you. We're thankful for you. And we hope that in the midst of all of the challenge of this coronavirus season, you are finding space to know that you are seen, you are loved, and that you're doing good work. As a way of expressing some of that appreciation, we'd love for you to check out this video that we're providing for you. It's so good to laugh in times like these, to smile and allow joy to enter our hearts as we, as we step towards worship today. God wants to, to continue to bring you to a place of joy today and to be reminded of his love and his strength and his power. Over the past few weeks, we've invited you to try some postures with us to help you settle into the presence of God. And today is no different. So we're gonna invite you into a simple one invite you to simply just close your eyes if you're able to do so and and to listen to this psalm and hear the request for strength and sustaining in this time of, of challenge and difficulty let's listen to this psalm together so create in me a pure heart O god renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Holy Spirit, you are here among us, but we welcome you here in this space right now.
together. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence.
creation cry, God, we praise you.
In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit Three in one God of glory that we can lean upon are based upon who you are. That you are the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, everything. And so, Father, we want to trust our everything to you. So, God, all the worry, all the doubt, all the fear, all the anxiety, everything that, that may be weighing us down, we just say, Father, we want to give those to you. We want to trust you with them. We will receive joy and happiness and peace from you. And so, Father, continue to speak to us now as you already have been doing. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Hey everyone. If you're a regular part of the Heritage family, I want to say thanks for continuing to lean in with us in this season. Uh, we're truly grateful for the opportunity to pray and worship and learn together even while we're apart. And if you're someone who's new to the Heritage Church crew, or maybe just checking things out today, I also want to say thank you to you. Thank you for the privilege of connecting and sharing your weekend with us. Thanks for the privilege of allowing us and our family to connect with you and your family. There are a lot of great churches in the Quad Cities, and I encourage you to find one that you and your loved ones can connect to and walk deeper in relationship with God. But until you do, or until you can, I want you to know you're welcome to hang out with us. We consider it a privilege to share this time with you today. And we want you to know that we have been praying for you, that God would give you peace that passes understanding as you choose to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, um, that he would give you strength to just continue on. I know that many of you find yourself in circumstances where you thought you were in a sprint and all of a sudden it's become a marathon. Um, we know too that many of you are facing tough decisions. And so we've been praying for wisdom for you and discernment that you would know how God is leading you and that you would have courage to step in to that future with him. I think also another big way that we've been praying is that you would feel encouraged, that you would feel hopeful, that you wouldn't give in to uh, despair in the face of some of the difficulties and challenges. But above all, we have been praying that you would feel the presence of God and that you would know you are not alone. Yeah, yeah. And again, grateful for the opportunity to spend a few moments with you. And we thought on this Mother's Day weekend that it would be a good idea to share this time together as we begin a conversation we're simply calling selfless. See, one of the shifts we see taking place in our culture right now is actually creating some tension, uh, creating some churn. When the coronavirus started popping up, it incrementally set a sent a ripple across the world. And, and initially, it was marked by fear and concern and worry. Uh, but what started out initially in the area of fear around the unknowns and the dangers and the risks is now shifting towards frustration as time has passed, as restrictions have continued, as opinions and needs have collided with recommendations and directives tensions have continued to grow. And time will tell what all of this means and how it'll all work out. But for many people, anxiety is been shifted, has been shifting towards anger in this season. And, and we get it. Uh, we're, we're dealing with fatigue. We're dealing with disappointment. We're, we're dealing with frustration and stress and, and boredom. We're, we're tired. We're, we're irritated. We're even grieving. We're grieving what we've lost and we're grieving what we're going to lose next in, in our jobs and relationships, uh, finances and opportunities. Uh, it's especially difficult as this season lingers and it's even more difficult when it seems like the finish line keeps getting moved. Tensions seem to be growing as we shift from anxiety more towards anger. Adding greater tension to an already tense dynamic just adds more complexity. And Fuses, our fuses seem to be getting shorter in this season, but we get it because I think we all feel the weight of waiting in this season. Yeah, and we want you to know that we're not immune to feeling those same struggles and frustrations. Um, even this last week, um, the Cosson household found itself on the struggle bus pretty hard. Um, it's not been all puppy dogs and butterflies, though I keep telling Sean, if we had a puppy dog, all of this would feel so much better. If you've got a new puppy dog, keep the puppy dog pictures coming on social media. We need those out there. Um, but it's been, it's been difficult. And, and even this week, Sean and I were talking about, you know, why are we fighting about this stupid thing, whether we plant this plant here or over here? It's just ridiculous stuff. And I think for us, probably part of it was knowing that we were going to be sharing this space together with all of you this weekend. And so there's pressure in that. I think for us, there's a component of weight that we feel as we um, are aware of people within our Heritage Church family who are sick, um, who are sick with COVID-19, who have family members who are sick, who are facing job loss, and so many heavy things. And so we feel that. And so we carry that. Um, and then I just think personally, making sure that we're staying calibrated in our own walk with God so that we 
have grace for each other. And so um, as challenging as our week was, um, we're grateful uh, for God kind of walking us through that into this time uh, that we get to share with you all. Yeah, we really can identify with you and your family in this season and really needing a space to have grace that, that's sufficient for the day as we navigate tension and communication breakdown and things like that. We can lean in for a moment, but we need the grace of God that, that positions us to have the grace that's sufficient in the moment, but also sufficient for the day and for the season and life that we're in. And we track with you. We understand the tensions. We're walking the same journey. Under pressure, under strain, under frustration, we can all be tempted to forfeit what we want most for what we want now. Each of us can be tempted to trade what, what is truly important for what is passing in a moment out of frustration or out of desire. And every time we do, we end up sitting in a place of regret. Yet there is a way to avoid that. There, there's actually a way through that. See, we don't get to choose or determine what happens to us or around us, but we do get to decide how we respond to it. And we can choose to respond instead of simply reacting to anything that we encounter. Every day, we as people bump into circumstances and moments where we hear, think, and feel all kinds of different things. So in any given moment, in that space, we experience something, but it positions us to actually make a choice because the this, this space between what we experience now and what we can experience next is a very critical space. It's a space of opportunity. It's a space that can either be marked by selfishness or selflessness depending on whether we respond or react. This space between now and next is the space that we all get to choose. And the choice, as I said, is whether we're going to respond or react. When we choose to respond, that is often marked by goodness and grace and, and wisdom. When we choose to react, often it's lazy and sometimes just flat out selfish. We may be able to survive if we react, but we actually want to be a people who can not just survive, but thrive. And we get to do that when we choose to respond. We choose to respond at any given moment. So reaction is easy, but reaction is often unhealthy. And we want to encourage you today to consider how you can respond in the space between what you're experiencing now and what you can experience next. It's the difference of just surviving or actually thriving and choosing to respond out of our beliefs, out of our, our faith, out of morality, in a space that allows us to place value on other people, gives us the opportunity to step towards thriving and for those around us to experience the same thing. But we have to choose it. We either choose it or we lose it because this moment between now and next is a passing moment. You know, this is why the selfless conversation is so important. We all need this particular conversation. We need it to navigate this season. We need it to be healthy in this season as well. And you might be thinking of someone who needs to hear this conversation, someone who needs to change the way they're reacting. It might be a neighbor, might be a parent, might be a spouse, both of us, I don't know. But in this space, we actually want to invite you to lean in for yourself, to be willing to go first in loving and in leading, uh, to be someone who chooses grace and selflessness in this season, who chooses to respond instead of just simply reacting, because Jesus actually calls us to choose to be selfless. He did it in what he modeled, he did it in what he taught, and it's essential for us if we're gonna experience thriving and health even as we navigate this particular season as a people. So, here's what we want to invite you to do today and over the next few weeks in this selfless conversation. We want to position you to thrive and not just survive by choosing to be selfless. And if we're going to choose to be selfless, we actually need to have a very clear understanding of who we are, who we're created to be, who we fundamentally are as both men and women. Yeah, you know, one of our core beliefs as a church is that all people bear the image of God. And so really the only way to have this conversation is to go all the way back to the beginning about 
who does God say that we are? And what's our potential um, as Christ followers and our potential as human beings? We believe that this applies to all of humankind. And so that men and women, people of all cultures, ethnicities, and nationalities bear the image of God inside of them. It's foundational in, in how we treat people, that we start from a place that all people are created in God's image. And so we're going to start in Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, and, and sort of look at that creation narrative about how it all began. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. This is a direct reference to the Godhead, the Trinity, that, that God, the three in one, created human beings in a, in a plurality of image, in our image, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now this is a, is a powerful just two verses of scripture that really frame so many important things for how this posture of grace toward each other is possible. You see, we believe that because men and women were both made in the image of God, that together as men and women relate, they fully bear out the image of God, that women are not a shadow image of God created from man, but both men and women are created in the image of God. And what separates us from the animals around us, which are amazing creations, is that the image of God is planted inside of every person. And this image screams out, you have inherent value and worth and dignity and you are hardwired for community. And I think that's one of the things that makes this time so hard for us in isolation is that there is a God-sized need and DNA inside of each one of us that says, hey, I need to be connected to God, but I also need to be connected to others to understand my connection to God. And so that image of God that is planted inside of each one of us is supposed to transcend our basic human instinct, which can often be to, dev to devalue those around us. We often do that based on our preference, our opinion, our comfortability with, or our personal connection to. You know, you only have to be on social media for about 30 seconds to see how quickly we tend to divide and devalue people. And so here's the crucial question that we need to wrestle with today. What does it look like to actually honor the image of God in ourselves and in the people around us? And so we're going to look at Philippians 2, and we're going to do that over the next few weeks as we unpack the selfless conversation. Um, because Philippians 2 is all about this invitation to imitate the walk of Christ. So we're going to look at Philippians 2, verse 3b and 4. It says this, be humble. And I'll add here, just as Christ was humble, thinking of ourselves as uh, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but also take an interest in others too. You know, one of my concerns and fears in this season that we find ourselves in is there's so much rock throwing that people are doing at each other that I wonder if when we're able to be together again, will we want to be? Some things that we've said in isolation, we'll have to wrestle with in real time and in real space. But my friends, the way of Jesus is a different invitation. As followers of Jesus, our invitation is to be like Christ. And this always begins with a posture of humility and considering others before ourselves. Mother Teresa talked about it like this. She said, today, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. That man, that woman, that child is my brother and my sister. This concept of belonging to each other has been lost in our culture. And I really wonder if, as Americans, this is a challenge for us even on a good day. 
because we don't really live communally. We value our independence and our freedom so highly for many of us, it's at the very top of our pyramid. And so now in a season where we find ourselves feeling burdened and oppressed and maybe like we've got a fight to survive, um, we feel like we just have to polarize and take sides. And so we quickly give into that us versus them dynamic rather than fighting for the space of we. My friends, my brothers, my sisters, our invitation is to belong to each other in a posture of considering others better than ourselves, to look out for the interests of others, to say what happens to me affects my brother and my sister, and so we're all connected. Look, I know that this is pressing into a hot-button issue for so many of us on both sides of the fence, on how we as a country, as a state, as a county, as a city, as a neighborhood, you pick the level we are frustrated with how we are navigating out of some of the health precautions and safety measures that we've all been living in over the last several weeks. And I think it's wise for all of us to be mindful of this, of this invitation to walk in the way of Christ and to be selfless. So you may say, great, that sounds really good, belonging to each other. That seems like that's a great idea, but how do we do that? Is that even practical? Is there a way forward in this? And I think there is, but it's a way of grace. There is no other way to, to give up what's going to be required to belong to each other except to choose a path of grace. It will take great grace for us to choose to belong to each other when our circumstances are challenging. And so what is grace? Well, grace is unmerited favor. It's not getting what we deserve, but it's getting just the abundance of the love of Jesus. It's the freely given love of God that gives us enabling power and spiritual healing. And it's what comes when we receive and live into the mercy and the love of Jesus. And so as much as we've experienced grace, then we are able to live as conduits of that grace. In Acts 4, um, there's a great passage of scripture that talks about this great grace. And since we're still in resurrection season, we're moving toward Ascension Sunday. This is the period of time between Easter and then when Jesus walked the earth for 40 days before he returned to heaven. Um, Acts 4 talks about the apostles who, who were the ones who bore witness to Jesus' work before uh, he died and rose again, and then that period of time in between the resurrection and the ascension. And so Acts 4, 33 and 34 says this, And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony. They were bearing witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. This passage goes on to talk about the radical generosity and the unity that was present because of this great grace that they experienced. You see, my friends, it's grace that protects unity. And unity isn't sameness. Unity is an invitation for us in all of our differences to live together in a space of we, in a space of belonging to each other. And this is only possible in a miraculous way through the power of Holy Spirit at work within us and through us and around us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us and works in us. It is this resurrecting power that we can bear witness to even Today, that's where this great grace comes from. We cannot gin it up on our own. I promise if you try to find grace for yourself and grace that will be sufficient um, for yourself without tapping into the grace that comes from the saving work of Jesus and the resurrecting power of Holy Spirit, you're going to be even more frustrated. It's our connection to God that allows us to both receive and give grace to ourselves. That's where it starts. And then we get to be that conduit of grace for the people around us. So since it's Mother's Day, I thought it would be fitting to share a story of a famous mother. And so I want to share the story of Susanna Wesley and her apron prayer. 
Susanna Wesley was the mother of 19 children, 10 of which died at a fairly young age or um, in the process of childbirth. But two of her living children um, were John and Charles Wesley, who you may be familiar with, the father of Methodism and the other a prolific hymn writer and evangelist. Their mother Susan was famous for her apron prayer. You see, early in her life, Susanna vowed that nothing would be more important than her connection to God. She viewed it as her lifeline. And so at the age of 19, when she married an Anglican pastor and they began to have children, she began to build into her life rhythm this time um, where she would just retreat and she would connect with God. Her life was crazy. Um, lots of kids, the daily tasks that would have been required for a mom and a wife living in the early 1700s. But every day for up to two hours, Mother Wesley could be found having taken her very long apron and grabbed it and thrown it over her head in a time of communion and connection with God. Sometimes this was in the middle of her kitchen to pray. Often it was in her favorite chair where she would pull out scripture and she would pour over it and she would just really recalibrate her heart and her mind to God and what God was wanting to do in her life. For over 20 years, people would pass by her house and they would see Mother Wesley sitting in her favorite chair and know that she was being alone with God in the sacred space, the sacred tent that her apron provided. My friends, each one of us must prioritize that need to find a safe space to retreat to, to connect with God, especially in this chaotic season that we're all navigating. It's our lifeline. It's our lifeline to being a conduit of grace. Our ability to recognize and honor the image of God in ourselves recognizing our value, our worth, our dignity, our need for community, and to see that in the way that God sees it and the way that he has imprinted his image on the people around us is contingent upon our connection to God our Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we do this in prayer, which I think often we hear that word and we're like, ah, prayer, that's what pastors do or other people do. But prayer, it's simply our invitation to communicate and to connect with the heart of God, to see him, to hear him, to recognize him and his activity in and around the world. When we understand that we belong to each other, that we are created as image bearers of the Most High God. And we understand the need to connect with Him, and we understand the call to be like Christ. The truth is, we can still find ourselves in space and time where we're annoyed, where we're tired, where we're irritated, where those around us, our loved ones, our kids, our spouse, our pets, are just working our last nerve. <laughs> In those spaces, we don't ever want to trade what we want most for what we want now. We want to lean into a space of grace, a space of choosing to respond and rather than react. It, yet if we're going to avoid reacting, if we're going to avoid choosing selfishness instead of a selflessness, it's a choice in this space between now and next. It's a choice to choose to be selfless. Now, one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and he says something about this concept specifically around humility that I think is helpful. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. There's some great truth and insight and layers into what he says in that statement. There's deeper realities about what it means to be selfless. When we're not thinking less of ourselves. We're actually just thinking of ourselves less. It, it's a space not of devaluing. It's not a space of belittling. It's not even a self-deprecating space. It, it, it's rather a space where we hold a proper perspective of who we are as image bearers of the Most High God. And then we're positioned to honor that image not only in us, but in those around us. I, you know, I think one of the realities about our desire as a people is, I think we want more in life. I think we want more joy, 
more love, more peace. We want more, more freedom, but that comes from embracing less. It, it comes from being selfless, which again is not thinking of ourselves, less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. In fact, Jesus is the one who, who modeled this, and again, he taught it, and he demonstrated that selflessness on the cross, and even as he exited the tomb. And as Beth said just a little bit ago, he invites us to walk the same path, a path where we look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. And there was a man who is known by the name of John the Baptist, who actually summarizes this in a really helpful way. It's captured in John 3, verse 30, where he says that he, talking about Jesus, must become greater, and I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. And I wonder if you're doing that today. I wonder if you're willing to do that today. Because whenever we're willing to lay hold of Him and to make Him greater and to position ourselves to be less in His presence, more in, more in who He is out of our identity, but not to lay hold of ourselves, but to lay hold of Him, then He does even more. When we're willing to position Him to be greater and ourselves to be less, that's the space that He wants to do even more in us and through us if we're willing to respond. So we want to be really practical with this conversation. And so we want to invite you into three things that you can do right now. And the first is to find your apron. Um, and it may be a literal apron. It may be that baking or something in the kitchen is your space, your sacred space to connect with God. But it may be, it may be outside in nature. Um, it may be gardening. It may be in your favorite chair. It may be hiding out in a closet. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's so important that we find that sacred space of connection with God. And then the second thing is, what do we do when we're in that space? And I want to invite all of us to, to a posture of prayer, which is just the conversation. It's the back and forth with God. It's that recalibrating our hearts and our minds and our souls to Him and, and to what He's doing in the world. And the third thing is to cultivate the grace space. I think that many of us can be so hard on ourselves um, that we're constantly critiquing ourselves. We're, we're, and so then we, we really end up in a posture of critiquing those around us. And so receive the grace that is abundantly available to all of us because of Christ Jesus. And then out of that grace, let that love throw, flow through you to the people around you. I just want to remind you, you are not alone. We belong to each other in this journey. And even in a journey that we don't always get to choose what we experience because we don't get to determine what happens to us or around us, we still get to choose how we respond to it, whether we're going to respond or react. And the invitation and the opportunity is no matter what we're experiencing now, to be willing to choose to respond into a next of thriving not just surviving. If we react, we might just survive, but we want to be a people who thrive. And it's in this space that we choose grace. We choose grace for ourselves and we choose grace for those around us because we ourselves have received grace. Jesus calls us to be a people who respond in the moment for what he wants to do in the next. And we can do this because he did it for us and we can do this because he empowers us by the same power that raised him from the dead. Even when we're experiencing hardship, even when we can't see what's happening next or what's what's around the corner we can still choose to respond as we position ourselves to be selfless not thinking less of ourselves but thinking of ourselves less that's our prayer for each of you today if you've never received that gift of grace and so you're hearing about this but you've never actually said yes jesus i want that gift of grace for myself it would be our prayer that today is the day. And so um, there was a prayer in your note guide that you can download at heritageqc.com if you're watching on TV or if you're connecting with us online in our notes section, um, there's a prayer there. Um, but if you've got questions, you can certainly call our prayer with a pastor. Um, you can connect with us through our connect card. We want to journey with you. Um, it, is, it has been our privilege to get to journey with many of you um, over these last uh, several weeks, and we look forward to continuing to do that in the days and weeks ahead. Let me pray for us. 
Father, Son, and Spirit, we are so grateful that we bear your image. And we would ask that you would help us to do that in a way that honors you, that pleases you, um, that you would give us creative imagination uh, to think about how we can do that differently, how we can do that um, as a conduit of you, that we don't have to create um, our, own, our own path of doing that, but we can walk in the path that you did, Jesus. And so we pray that you would give us courage, that you would give us strength, and that you would give us confidence that this is possible, not because of us, but because of your work of spirit in us and through us. Oh, how we love you. We say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. for joining us this weekend. What a powerful reminder that you and I are indeed children of God, created in the image of our Creator to be a conduit of His great grace. And it's our prayer for you that if you're in a space this weekend that you haven't first received that great grace, that today would be the day where you openly receive that. In fact, if you're in that space today, I encourage you to take out your smartphone and call our Pray With a Pastor line. We have a pastor there right now would love to have a conversation with you of what it would mean for you to receive the great grace of God so that you can fully live into being a conduit of His grace, experience the fullness of what it means to be created in His image. 
You know, I say thank you for many of you who have been radically generous in this season. Because of your generosity, we have been positioned to extend radical generosity to many throughout our cities. And I want to invite you to, to continue to be generous in this season. In fact, you can go to our website at heritageqc.com. Uh, you can click on a Give tab there. That's one way to give, or through our ch Church Center app. Or, or maybe for you, it's easiest to, to drop a check in the mail and send it to our Bridgepoint location. But however you give, we simply want to say thank you. Because of your generosity, our God is writing a powerful story in and through our cities in this season. And you may be in a place today where, where you need help. You're navigating difficult moments and there, there's spaces where you have need. And we want to invite you to go to our, our website, heritageqc.com. And there's a tab there that says, I need help. And we just invite you to let us know how we can help you. If we're able to, to connect you with resources and people, uh, we'll certainly do what we can. But we would love to serve you in that way. And you may be in a space where you're saying, I want to be part of the story God's writing and you want to be part of helping others, and you can go to that same tab and let us know uh, what you're willing to be a part of, what skills you have, or ways that you are, being, are willing to engage and to help in this season. You know, as a church, we are committed uh, to facilitating these belonging spaces that we've talked about this weekend. And, and now, because we can't be together in physical space, uh, it's given us unique opportunities to create virtual environments for us to do that. And so I invite you to continue to engage with us through one of our Facebook Live interactions, both in our prayer times together, but also moments where we just have to worship together. So I want to invite you to, to jump onto our Facebook page and to be a part of those environments. But I also want to invite you to engage with us in a, a new virtual learning group that is starting here in a few weeks. It's simply called Sacred Rhythms. You know, we're all in a season right now where our rhythms in life have been interrupted and changed, but it also gives us a great opportunity to develop some new sacred rhythms that we can establish now so that in the months and even the year ahead as we return to the new normal, so to speak, that we can have rhythms built into our life where we hear from Jesus and we can continue to be the people he's created us to be while being a conduit of his great grace. You know, as we conclude today, mothers, we want you to know that we love you. We see you. We're praying for you today. And we hope today that you feel appreciated and celebrated. And may this be a day where you are blessed. We'll see you back here, same time, same place, next week. Let praise arise. To nombre canto ilumbras todas Shit.